must be born again. Because until you're born again, your heart can do anything. Put somebody in the right situation and they'll kill. They'll steal. They'll lie. Why? Because our hearts are fallen. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. God alone knows the end of something before its beginning begins. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Courageous Living in Trying Times, taken from the book of Daniel. Did you know that the longest continuing prophecy in the Bible is found in the 11th chapter of Daniel? This amazing chapter covers events affecting the Jews from the 5th to the 1st centuries before Christ. And as with all Bible prophecy, we're going to see that it was fulfilled with 100% accuracy. And Daniel 11 is also the only chapter in the Bible that was declared to be sealed until the time of the end. Well, I know you're excited to hear what God has to say to us today out of this amazing chapter. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, The Longest Prophecy. Now, some things about chapter 11. Chapter 11 is the longest continuous prophecy in the entire Bible. I'm going to say that again. It's the longest continual running prophecy in the whole Bible is the 11th chapter of Daniel. It covers events affecting the Jews from the 5th to the 1st centuries before Christ. Daniel 11 is the only chapter in the Bible that was declared to be sealed until the time of the end. Well, that must mean we're here at the time of the end, so we ought to be able to understand it because it was sealed until the time of the end. At the time of this chapter, Daniel is in the third year of Cyrus. And who is Cyrus? He is the Persian king who released Israel to go back and rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the wall, rebuild the temple. It was Cyrus. But he did that, Cyrus did that in the first year So this 11th chapter was given to Daniel in the third year. So two years have gone by since Cyrus released the people of God to go back to their homeland after how long of captivity? 70 years. Everybody say with me, sin doesn't pay. And say with me, sin always subtracts. Always. And so they lost 70 years off their life, 70 years off their destiny off there being in the epicenter of God's will for them. They went into captivity. So now Daniel is a very old man at this point. He's been through kings. He's been through changes of kingdoms. He's been in the lion's den. He's done all that. And now he's an old man. But what an incredible old man. Chapter 11 has two parts. The first part is verses 1 through 35 And they cover the time from Darius the Mede until Antiochus IV Epiphanes, the really bad guy. The second part covers verses 36 
to the end, which is verse 45. Well, actually to 12.2 covers the last Gentile ruler who is Antichrist. You know the last ruler of the Gentiles is Antichrist before Jesus comes? Who is in power to the return of the Messiah. Now a couple more things about chapter 11. Chapter 11 is a lot of history. If I really went into the details of it, you would feel like you were in a history class because it's Bible history. It's ancient history. And the thing about chapter 11, and if you haven't read it, you should. It's 45 verses. It's a long chapter. But the thing about chapter 11 is if you get all into the details, it will bog you down. It just bogs you down in details, details of ancient history that really are not relevant to us today per se. It would really be good to go into the details of chapter 11 in a Bible history class, which we may do sometime. But because you can get bogged down in the details, I'm going to try to avoid getting bogged down in the details. And I want to just stay focused on the bigger picture. Now, I got to tell you, for me, the bigger picture of Daniel 11 and the whole book of Daniel is that God is the God of history. Folks, God is the God of history. I mean, he names kingdoms. You remember, Daniel has dealt with four kingdoms over and over again. Let me just tell you what they were. Babylon, say it with me, Babylon, the Medo-Persians, Greece, and Rome. Now, both Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar received a dream. Daniel a vision, Nebuchadnezzar a dream about those four kingdoms. And when both of them dreamed the dream or had the vision, they were in Babylon. That existed when they had the dream and the vision. But they had no clue in and of themselves that the Medo-Persians would overthrow Babylon. And then the Greeks would come along and overthrow the Medo-Persians. And then the Romans would come along and overthrow the Greeks. God knew. So I'm going to salt and pepper this message tonight, this teaching, with just this phrase, God knew. Because to me, that's the bigger picture. Let me ask you a question tonight. If God was accurate through his prophets about Babylon, about the Medes and the Persians. And these are whole kingdoms now. And the Greeks, as well as the man who is most famous among the Greeks, Alexander the Great. We're going to see him again tonight in chapter 11. If he knew a man was coming before he was even born and what he would be like and what he would do. And he names Antichrist. So many things that Daniel covers. And then the fact that the Romans would overtake the Greeks. If he knew all of that ahead of time, and we're going to see this tonight, then let me ask you a question. Is he right about the end times, the last days, the return of Christ, the rise of Antichrist? Is he right about everything else that is yet to be fulfilled? Now, Bible prophecy is one quarter of your Bible. And most of it has been fulfilled. The majority of Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. Now, if the majority has been fulfilled, do you reckon that the rest will be fulfilled? Exactly as God says. Amen? Amen. So say with me, God knew. knew. Now, let's begin Daniel 11, verse 1. Now, look what he says. Also, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And I want you to say something right here. This first verse should have been the last verse of chapter 10. You do know that the Bible wasn't given in chapters. 
that chapter makers came along later. It's one continual prophecy or word from God. The chapters were put in by men. Now, when I look at chapter 10 and chapter 11, to me, they should have just been one chapter because Gabriel is talking and Gabriel is going to talk all the way through chapter 11. Gabriel was a great archangel. He's one of the three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Lucifer fell. But we got Michael and Gabriel who are still active in planet earth and in the heavenlies. Now, so when we read verse 1 of chapter 11, it really should have been the last verse of chapter 10. Now, let me take you what, back to what the last verse of chapter 10 was, and it'll help us to understand what is said in verse 1 of chapter 11. Chapter 10, last verse 21, closes out with Gabriel telling Daniel, quote, here goes Gabriel, but I will tell you, Daniel, what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Now, we do know from chapter 10 that when Gabriel was bringing Daniel's answer to prayer to Daniel from God, he encountered warfare in the second heaven for 21 days. Remember that last week. It's a beautiful picture of spiritual warfare. And we're told by Gabriel that Michael, the archangel, had to come help him to defeat the prince of Persia, which was also a demon spirit. So we see that there are spirits that are put over cities and nations that bind them and influence them. And if you pray and you just take a good look at what is ruling that nation spiritually, you get a pretty good idea of what evil spirits are predominantly influencing it. With America, to me it's so clear, perversion deception. When I look at, say, the Soviet Union, it's communism, it's bondage. When I look at India, it's all of the polytheism, the multi-gods. I mean, there's a God for everything in India. They worship multi-gods and you feel it when you land in India. But that's not the spirit that's over America primarily. And over Persia, there was a prince spirit that Gabriel, when he was bringing Daniel's answer to prayer, encountered. And he was fighting this prince. And the Bible says that Michael had to be dispatched to help Gabriel. And the two of them defeated this prince. And Gabriel broke through with the answer. Now look at verse chapter 11, verse 1 again. Also, in the first year, this is Gabriel talking, in the first year of Darius the Mede, even I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Now, that is Gabriel telling us that with Michael, they both played a part, I believe, in turning Persia's natural hostility to Israel into friendliness. Gabriel is telling Daniel that he stood with Michael in spiritual warfare during the first year of the Medo-Persian Empire. And it's likely that through this angelic intervention, the natural hostility of Persia to Israel was turned to friendliness. What does this show us? It shows us that there are, and I don't want to sound weird here or freaky or Twilight Zone-ish or make you kind of paranoid. I don't want to do that. But didn't Paul say, we struggle not or battle not or fight not against flesh and blood? Didn't he say that? 
but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, rulers of the darkness of this world. Didn't he say that? So when you think you're fighting a person, you're really not sometimes. But there is an influence behind the person or the group. You can't tell me that there was not major demonic and spiritual warfare in this last election. I have never seen America go through what America just went through. You had to sit back at times watching what they call themselves, the news. I don't trust the news. I haven't watched a network newscast in 35 years. I don't trust them. They don't tell the truth. They're as biased as the day is long, but that's another story. If you ever watch network news, you better put on your discerning antenna because they're not telling you the truth, dude. That's one of my soapboxes. It just drives me nuts. My minor in college was journalism, and I know what you're taught, and they're not doing it. Now, so here behind the scenes, we're being told that when Darius took over Babylon with the Medes and the Persians, Michael and Gabriel were involved in changing their attitude towards Israel. We could stand a little bit of that today. Amen? The king of the Medes was Darius and the king of the Persians was Cyrus. And these two unified kings and kingdoms joined together to overthrow Babylon. But they were not pro-Israel until one day Cyrus said, hey, if you Jewish people want to go rebuild your city, go ahead. You got my blessing and I'll help with the note. That's favor. And the suggestion here in verse 1 is that Gabriel and Michael had a hand in that. Now, Gabriel now proceeds to give Daniel the understanding of what he was diligently seeking for. What Gabriel is going to show Daniel is the truth. For remember, in chapter 10, Gabriel and Michael have the truth. There is, folks, a the truth. It's not all relative. There is a the truth. And if you've got a Bible in your hand, you're holding the truth. Now, look at verse 2. Now I will tell you, says Gabriel, the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia. The fourth shall be far richer than them all. By his strength and through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Now, you've got to know some history here. And let me just give you some history. The fourth king of Persia after Cyrus was Xerxes, the husband of Queen Esther, who ruled at the height of Persian power and wealth. And you know what he did? Exactly what Gabriel said he would do. He raised a huge army drawing from 40 different nations and attacked Greece around 480 B.C. What did Gabriel say was going to happen? By his strength, through his riches, he will stir up all against the realm of Greece. It happened, just like Gabriel said. So let me go ahead and say it. God knew. This Persian invasion against Greece was eventually repelled and defeated, but it created a burning desire and anger on the part of the independent city-states of Greece to unite and strike back against the Persians, which they did under Alexander the Great. Now, here's God. Once again, he's about to show us that a man is going to show up on the scene, on the stage of history, and he's going to bring this about, and it's Alexander the Great. Look at verse 3. Then a mighty king shall arise, that's Alexander, who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken up and divided towards the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity, nor according to his dominion with which he ruled, for his whole kingdom will be uprooted even for others besides these. 
Now, I've told you that Alexander was an incredible military warrior. He is still considered one of the very top, if not the top, military geniuses in history. But you know what? He could conquer the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. He was an alcoholic. And he drank himself to death at around 32 years old after he had conquered much of the world. So you know what, folks? You can do a lot of things out here, but the real challenge is to conquer what's in here. That's the challenge. He that, the, here's the proverb, he that has rule over his own spirit is stronger than the person who takes a city. So if you can rule your own spirit, you're stronger than a warrior who goes and conquers a city. Alexander couldn't do it. He couldn't conquer himself. And when he died, his kingdom was split up into four parts. Four generals went in four different directions, and his kingdom was divided up, just like Gabriel said. Now, this is the end of the obvious and easy sections of this prophecy. Now we're about to get into some difficult stuff. But I think we're going to get through it. Amen? Now, the next 15 verses cover the intricate details of the four rulers of Alexander's divided kingdom of Greece. And all you need to know about that is this. Two of them, two of the four, two of the four generals came to dominate to such an extent that the Bible calls them the king of the north and the king of the south. So two of the four distinguished themselves. I'm not going to read through all 15 verses because it would sound like gobbledygook to you. It's history. And I don't want to get lost in the details. If you want to read it on your own, read it on your own. But what you need to know, and here's the standout thing to me, is that the enemies of Israel, such as Babylon and Egypt, always attacked from the north and always attacked from the south. Thus, the king of the north and the king of the south came to symbolize the adversaries of God's people. Now, this entire vision depicts these enemies as warring powers adversely affecting God's people. Now, my takeaway is this. This is what the rest of the Bible reveals as well. Israel and God's people, and that would also mean you, because now you are God's people. Can we say that together? I am God's people. Because now you're a chosen generation. You're the royal priesthood. You're the holy nation. You're the called out people that you would show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So my takeaway is that God's people have always been in the devil's crosshairs, whether it was Israel in the Old Testament or us now, the church in the New Testament. And my second takeaway is this, world history. And this is amazing to me. If you're going to teach world history, do you know that it can best be explained by its wars rather than its achievements? Human beings are such warring people. I mean, how many wars are going on in the world right now? Look at what's happened this week with the terrorism war. Man has always been a shedder of blood. Now, I told you that I watch Forensic Files all the time. I do. Forensic Files is when somebody does something terrible and they always end up getting busted. And I like watching people get busted. I just do. I like watching God's justice roll. I just do. And it's amazing to me how they find these people. But here's the deal. Here's what I've noticed. They are always showing some horrible crime happening in some small town. And they always say this, well, this kind of thing just doesn't happen here. 
I said, if you got people in it, it happens there. You know why? Because the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And who can know it? Today I watched one. I'm confessing. I did. I watched one today. And here's a 17-year-old girl shot her parents. Shot and killed her parents while they were asleep. And everybody that knew her said, I just can't believe she did this. And I can't believe it happened in this little bitty town. I can't believe it came here. This kind of thing doesn't happen here. Well, it just did. And I'm going to tell you why it happened there. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. And not just wicked, but desperately wicked. And who can know it? And that's why we need a heart transplant. And that's why you must be born again. Because until you're born again, your heart can do anything. You put somebody in the right situation and they'll kill. They'll steal. They'll lie. Why? Because our hearts are fallen. And so if you want to study world history, it's a history of bloodshed, tyranny, dictatorships, cruelty. Now, the next section covering verses 16 to 20 applies to a tyrant named Antiochus, who is the king of the north, that the Bible says, none shall stand before him and of his conquest of Israel. Now, he's a bad guy. And remember in chapter 10, Daniel was burdened. That's why he went on a 21-day fast. He was burdened. And what was he burdened about? He knew that tough times were coming for his people. And this Antiochus is one of the tough times that he knew in chapter 10 was coming for his people. He was king of the north. None will stand before him. He's going to make conquest of Israel. Look at verse 16. He, Antiochus, that comes against him, the him is Israel, shall do after his own will, as he desires, without control. He will stand in the glorious land. That's Judea. That's God's land. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed hearing today's message as much as I really did enjoy delivering it. Now, don't go anywhere because we have some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, that I believe is going to bless you. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, The Longest Prophecy. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. The Longest Prophecy is the 12th message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to LifeTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to LifeTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.